Welcome to episode 80 of Joy Sounds, music you need to know, where we bring you the brightest independent artists. I'm your host, Chris Sampson. Joy Sounds is presented in partnership with Music Connection. Through its daily website, weekly newsletter, and monthly print magazine, Music Connection is an acclaimed, proven resource for the entire music community. For more information, visit musicconnection.com. Today, we feature UK-based artist Sestra. Sestra is the latest project from British vocalist and songwriter Kat Marsh. As you'll hear, Sestra is a powerful combination of dissonant industrial sounds and epic choral orchestral settings that provide a platform for exceptional vocal prowess. Sestra also talks about the opportunity to arrange and direct a choir for the band Bring Me the Horizon for a special concert at Royal Albert Hall, which led to her creating the groundbreaking group Choir Noir, which has earned her a loyal fan base on YouTube. During the show, we'll hear three tracks from Sestra's most recent record titled Portal. We'll hear Monument, Twin Heartbeat, and Aeon. So let's begin the episode with the song Monument by Sestra here on Joy Sounds.
And that was Monument by Sestra, and it is my pleasure to welcome Kat Marsh of Sestra here on Joy Sounds. Hi, Kat. How are you? Hi, Chris. I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Good. It's really nice to have you here. So Sestra is like a project of, of yours, right? This is the name yeah. of the project. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I am Sestra. You so are Sestra. I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. Just wanted to make sure that we, uh, you know, that that was, that, that was very, fairly clear. Um, yeah. What a, what a epic epic um song that is so it's such lush production and uh, the dynamics it really takes a listener on on a complete journey what a, what an accomplishment congratulations thank you thank you for, i think that's probably my favorite song on the album is it the most recent release is this one that you uh, have out yeah i mean the whole album is out but monument was it was kind of the single i mean it's not right. really an album of singles but it was the one that that led and it got played on some radio stations and yeah it was kind of the one that i pushed first got it and the record uh, is also a remarkable accomplishment it's called portal and as i understand it you released it in october right yeah, it, the, it, I basically really started releasing it in August, um, one song a week, and it ended in October. So it was officially out um, at the beginning of October. I'd love to dive into your your songwriting style, your artist style. Where where what where did you draw, where did you get this inspiration from? Because it it really it, it goes beyond sort of a, anything like a standard pop song, right? You're expanding the form and it's got this expansiveness to it. And I'm just, I'm curious, how did you develop this style? So I was, um, before uh, I kind of started writing music as Sestra, I was um, doing a project called Lion Face, which was my band, heavy industrial, rocky project. So I had that kind of, those elements were always in my writing. And then um, I did a show with a band called Bring Me the Horizon, who are a huge band, yeah. <laughs> um, where I was there. Uh, their choir leader and that was like a really that was their orchestral show they did at the Royal Albert Hall so I was working with this massive orchestra and a, a choir for the very first time and like all of those elements they kind of it kind of sort of gelled for me in that moment and I really wanted to start writing music that had those elements and so in the kind of the years the two or three years after we did that show I began writing songs for me and and I noticed that I was creating you know, stuff with loads of strings and orchestra and and lots of choir. And I think I really think that was like a pivotal moment where 
those elements started to become something I wanted to make as well. Yeah, and it's such a pleasure to hear it live too. There's a video on YouTube of you performing Monument live and yeah. it's such a pleasure to hear real strings and real choir, <laughs> you know, also, but in, integrated with these very new synthesized sounds and epic sounds. The combination is really, really great. Yeah, I like that sort of juxtaposition. Like um, Jordan, Jordan Fish from Bring Me, he gave me like the perfect sort of description for what it is because I was like, how do I describe this? And he was like, um, it's like dystopian sort of metal Enya from the future. And I was like, that's it. That's it. <laughs> like <laughs> that kind of, I love that kind of yeah, Enya sort of slightly operatic, you know, orchestral vibe. And then you sort of slam it together with modern sounding synths and, you know, drum samples. And I love that sort of, you know, mishmash of sounds, that creation of sounds. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm sure a lot of this also emerged from your own production work. You spend quite a deal uh, of time, you know, self-producing your vocals and doing these arrangements. And that that's an important part of shaping your own sound, isn't it? Definitely. Like I've worked with a producer called Peter Miles for years. He's like my my sole producer and he is so integral to this project as well. So like the album was, it was me and him, we made it together. So I write the songs and I demo them and I do a certain amount of production in, you know, in Logic and when I'm demoing, but when I take it to him, he's the one that, that really elevates it to, you know, what you hear on the record. Like he's such an amazing producer and um, he he's also like, it always has these sort of great threads you know he's like let's try this how about if we do this and when you follow those threads you get you know you get somewhere really magical so a lot of it is credit to him I have to give him credit but I've learned a lot from him as well sure so a lot of my um you know my production is stuff I've taken from him you've got a concept of what you want your voice to sound like as a result of that right Definitely. And we and we use a lot of my original sounds and samples. They get kept in the songs. So we basically, he puts my project into Logic and we look at it and we go, that sounds great. That's really important. That needs a bit of work. You know, we need to put something here. We need you know, real strings here instead of the MIDI strings. So right. we take out everything that isn't going to work and we replace it with good sounds. And then, um, you know, he, he we sort of work together and we blend it and we craft it. And then I'll, you know, re-record all the vocals. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of how we work. When I was first getting um, familiar with your work and, you know, hearing hearing the choirs and the live strings, I just immediately presumed you had a classical music upbringing and training. <laughs> I, and I just went there. And But I don't yeah. think that's the case, is it? No, I don't have any musical training, like, at all. Um, I, did, I didn't even do music at school. Like, I did, I did drama, I did theater. That was, like, the art subject yeah, that I did. Sure. Um, so I'm self-taught as a musician, but... Um, yeah, it's it's kind of just a, but I work with a lot of people who are classically trained. So um, this all the string players on the record are uh, they're. Um, Parallax Orchestra who are the orchestra that played with Bring Me the Horizon um, and they are all phenomenally you know amazingly like trained at the best sort of uh, schools in the UK and so it's that kind of thing of you know you can be like a kind of DIY artist who maybe doesn't really know what you're doing in a theoretical sense but then you bring in people who are masters of that and you sort of get them to play what you've done and you create this you know incredible thing together so I couldn't have done it without them yeah, yeah. sure but I but I actually believe that that's a really Really wonderful compliment to have somebody who has that very internal organic relationship with music and to bring yeah. that perspective to classically trained people with a music theory background that that, yeah. that bringing it together is sort of best of both worlds in my mind yeah. I mean, that's what i'm hearing in your music your vantage point is what's contributing to that sound significantly 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's like I love classical music and I I'm drawn to it. Um, and I've I think I've probably picked up a lot by watching other people work and by and by listening to music. And then I just kind of do my own version of it. And I don't think I do it in like a traditional way. So like the ways I do it, I think are maybe a bit backwards. Like the way I arrange for the choir and stuff is backwards. Um, I, I you know I record the vocals in in first and then I write sheet music to match it, to, to share it with the singers. So it's, it's like a bit of a wrong way around, but it, you know, works for me as a method. I, I don't know what we would consider is the right way. I think that if it's that's true, it's true. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I think that if that's working for you and it clearly is, then yeah. whatever is working for you, then that, then that's yeah. the right way. I think you get really interesting ideas when you when you maybe take away the constraints of because I, I you know music theory is phenomenal it's like a language I wish I could speak it more fluently but I think yeah when you take yourself out of that box you can do interesting things absolutely yeah so you wear a lot of different hats in the music industry and as a yeah. music professional you've been a touring musician a session musician a ranger yeah. uh, <laughs> it sounds like a, a a contractor it's like you, yeah. you you have a lot of different roles. In, in the industry. How do you juggle all of that? That's a lot to keep going. Yeah, I discovered fairly recently that it's called a portfolio career because I was like, well, how do I describe what I do? I'm like, ah, portfolio career. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically, uh, I have to sort of make, keep a quite an open schedule, be really, really flexible. So I've kind of built my life so that I'm really flexible and I can take on projects whenever they arrive. Um, and then I've got good at managing and organizing um, my schedule because I think that's the main thing is like if I've got multiple projects happening at the same time I've got to make sure I'm not missing out you know I'm not I'm not ignoring anything and I'm getting everything done so I've got good at, at that I think that's a good skill for it's critical, right? Definitely. Like it would, it would fall apart if you weren't on top of it. And, and you know, I, I really rely on my iPhone calendar as well. Like yeah, everything, okay. as soon as it's booked, it's like, it's going in there. I set reminders. I'm like, you know, I checked, make sure. Yeah. Without that, I don't know how I do it. <laughs> Let's check out another song from your record, Portal. This one that you uh, want to share with us is Twin Heartbeat. Give us a little backstory about Twin Heartbeat. So this was one of the first songs I wrote for the record. I think I started writing it in, I actually started the very seeds of it in 2015. So it's been around for like a while and it ended up getting finished, finished in 2018 when we recorded the record. So it took a while to sort of write it. But it's a, it's a, it's kind of a, a love song um, and, a you know, in a kind of, quite a passionate song I'd never really written about that kind of thing before about passion and sexuality and this was like the first sort of you know time I I wrote about it and it originally it had uh, strings throughout the whole thing but we we kind of Pete and I worked on editing and taking things out this was a song where we took a lot out to bring impact to the the growth and the dynamics of the song Um, and I learned a lot about editing when we worked with this song you know where it sounds so much better when you don't heap too much into it so it starts like really sparsely and grows and grows and grows and ends in this kind of explosion of orchestral arrangement at the end but yeah this this song has a sort of special place for me let's take a listen to this this is Sestra with twin heartbeat here on joy sounds Yeah. 
And that was Twin Heartbeat by Sestra from her latest record titled Portal. I'd like to take a minute to thank our co-sponsor, Music Connection. Through its daily website, weekly newsletter, and a monthly print magazine, Music Connection caters to artists, musicians, industry pros, and support services. For years, Music Connection has been known for discovering new talent by reviewing unsigned artists, both through its live performance reviews and critiques of recordings. Music Connection never charges a fee for its reviews. Known for years as the Musician's Bible, Music Connection bridges the gap between the street and the elite. It exists to serve artists and music makers of all genres, offering connections to the unconnected and to provide expert, cutting-edge information that can help you take your music to the next level. Whether offering tips on raw survival or exclusive contact lists of industry pros like managers and label representatives, Music Connection is an acclaimed, proven resource for the professional and semi-pro musician. So check it out at musicconnection.com. Now let's get back to our conversation with Sestra. And that was Twin Heartbeat by Sestra off her most recent record, Portal. And I hear that use of space. Part of your editing here was it was subtractive, giving space to it. And that's it's always a great reminder that silence is just as important in music making as sound, right? Totally. And I think it's hard when you've written something and you love it because you're like, no, but I love it. And I want to keep that bit in. But it's that it's that thing of but what about the song? You know, what are you trying to create? What's, you've got to take that step backwards and look at the, the, the whole entirety of what you're making. And then you see, ah, OK, maybe I need to, you know, just take that out. I know I love it, but it's going to be better for the whole if I take this out. Yeah. So I learned that in that song. Yeah. And also yet another uh, advantage of having a wonderful producer with those set of ears to help you make those decisions. Everything seems so precious. You don't want to touch it. Yeah. Totally. You get demoitis, he calls demo-itis. it. He's like, you know, and he gets frustrated with artists who are like, no, but the demo, the demo. And he's like, come on, we're making something new. So I, I, yeah, I definitely trust him. And then you, you hear it when you listen back to the demos, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe that I thought it was done then. You know, I, d- I can't believe I thought that was enough. It's like, no, we look what we've made. So I think putting a lot of trust in your producer you know as long as you've got a really good producer is is so important two of you so effectively captured just this dreamy soundscape it just is it's so lush and and a pleasure to listen to it's one of those songs though where you just kind of want to put the headphones on and sink into it yeah thanks yeah yeah it does that one does have like a for me as well it has like this dreamy sort of kind of it's a bit of a sort of escapism vibe to it which I love. Yeah, absolutely. So you had mentioned this amazing concert at Royal Albert Hall that you did with Bring Me the Horizon. As I understand it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it was that concert that really inspired and sparked the creation of Choir Noir, your industry on-demand choir that you have, right? You saw an opportunity with that. Yeah, so Will Harvey, who is the head of Parallax Orchestra, um, I think he told me, I'm going to be doing this show with Bring Me the Horizon at the Royal Albert Hall and they're having an orchestra. And I was so excited. And I was like, do you need any singers? You know, I'll, I'll sing, I'll sing. And he said to me, uh, we actually need a choir. And, you know, I don't, I haven't started thinking about it. And I just said, Will, let me put the choir together. Let me do it. And I'd, I'd never done it before, but I had this feeling that I could do it. You know, I knew loads of singers from having performed for, you know, ages and I'd met loads of singers and I was like, maybe, you know, I can get these people together. So I got them together for the show and um, I, I, me and Jordan worked on the arrangements and I led the choir and it went the way it went. It was brilliant. It was a great show. Um, and then, yeah, in the sort of two years after that, 
the idea formed in in you know my head and in the head of Rio, who was one of the other singers at the show, that we could maybe keep this going and we could create a choir that would go and do gigs with bands and maybe sessions, and we'd also do arrangements. And so I started working on an arrangement of Shadow Moses that bring me bring me song that the choir we had our solo in the show you know with it so I had that arrangement already done and I was like right I'm going to see if I can arrange for the actual rock track for their you know full metal track and I did and it was like this is cool and we got singers together and that was the birth of choir noir so it totally came out of that show without that show I don't know if it would have ever happened yeah, it's remarkable for you to have, again, seen that opportunity. It's such a great uh, lesson in how to be a professional musician to jump in and go, let me do it. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it. I was saying the other day, it's like, it could have gone really badly. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, but I just was like, no, I think I can do this. I think I can do this. <laughs> but that, I think that's the thing. Like, like, you have to sometimes do things where you are a bit out of your depth and you haven't done it before. And that's how you get good. Like I've learned that and it's sometimes really, really scary, but some of the best things I've done have come from the moment where I've gone, just say yes and we'll figure out how to do it later. <laughs> yeah. No, I think there's a lot to be said for that. It takes courage. So I, I, I definitely admire it. The way you've structured Choir Noir is very interesting to me. You've got this collective of singers across the UK who are just really sharp singers that you can pull from to create what you need, right? Yeah, it's amazing. Like we, th That's what we were thinking, because me and Rio and, and all the singers who were in the original Bring Me Choir, a lot of us were, you know, we fronted our own bands, we had our own projects, and everyone was naturally brilliant, but none of us were, you know, had had massive success. Um, and so we spoke about this idea of, well, let's, you know, contact other front people we know and singers in bands and people who do these bits of session work who are really naturally talented singers, but they haven't, you know, had this massive success. Um, and that's kind of the foundation of it. And now we've got this, yeah, huge group of singers who are so and there's quite a sort of wide range of things that they do some of them front their own bands and you know some of them are doing a lot of session gigs with artists um and they've got you know all different kinds of voices but they're all brilliant so when you put everyone together it's just like I always get really surprised by the the, the outcome of every arrangement like I go in with my demo and after everyone's sung it the it's just it. they always change it into this magical thing and I can never predict what it's going to sound like till you've got all those voices in but um, yeah and we've actually now expanded past the UK we've got singers from uh, uh, like Scandinavia and Cyprus and there's you know we keep getting contacted by people who want to join all the time so we're, we're always open to people contacting us and it, it just gets better like the more people we add so I'm, I'm like come and join us it seems like this would this would project is served well by the more personnel, right? Definitely. And it means when we get sessions that come in and, you know, bands go, can we have these many singers for this project? I've got the singers in the choir who can do it. Um, and, you know, did this, you know, we need different things at different times. Sometimes we need like real powerhouse vocalists. Sometimes we need people who've got tons of range, you know, sometimes we need male voices or female voices. So it's, it's, you know, we've got probably at the moment about 60 singers that are kind of on the books like there's not an official book system but like mm -hmm. people who've been involved in arrangements or who have expressed interest and I have that you know this amazing collective 
that is ready to work at, you know, any minute, which is awesome. That is great. And during this time where musicians have had to adjust to pandemic life, it seems that everybody was also very prepared to work remotely under these circumstances, right? It seems like you're still able to build arrangements this way. Totally. Like we had never recorded remotely. Um, and we, so when this happened, uh, you know, we were kind of at the start of coming up with another arrangement and it sort of all fell through. And so we were like, let's do it remotely. And actually a lot of the singers, there are some who, who you know, are brilliant at recording themselves, but a lot of them had never recorded themselves before. So that was a big challenge for the first track we did, the first remote arrangement, which was for Make Yourself by Incubus. A whole bunch of them were borrowing microphones. They were learning how to record themselves and like they did it and it was great. And for them, it was like, oh, great. I've learned a new skill. And it was, it was like a real good feeling of, you know, achievement for everyone. Yeah. So it was, it was a great experience. I have to say that's been kind of glass half full positive outcome for a lot of musicians during this time is we've we've yeah. all had to get new skill sets. Definitely. Yeah. This this sort of weird downtime as well. Like it's 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 that thing of like constraints can sometimes make good things happen. Like when you're limited, sometimes that can be good and you're forced to kind of rethink or grow in a new direction. Um, yeah, and for me, like, yeah, learning how to manage a remote project like on that scale. And then also like I was producing on my own. So I was learning production skills, um, you know, bringing all of these vocal stems into the project and learning more how to, you know, produce it myself and then I took it to Pete to sort of help me polish it and finish it off but that was yeah it was a really useful thing to sort of learn how to do. Fantastic and Choir Noir has gained quite a following on YouTube you guys do, yeah. you do these amazing really compelling videos of your arrangements and yeah. uh, that that ha also has to be very gratifying to see that audience and that level of support take off you really found a niche there. Yeah, it, that blew my mind. Like, we didn't expect that at all. Like, the Shadow Moses arrangement was the first one, and that was cool. And I think people found it and were like, yeah, this is cool. But it was Doomsday by Architects. That one blew up because the band shared it. Like, Sam Cart shared it, I think, on the Architects Facebook group. And then it just went... <laughs> and we went like I guess we went a bit viral and then everyone found Shadow Moses and then we started getting subscribers so now it's like a, a you know it's something like close to 19,000 people which I never would have you know thought and we're getting close to a million views of the channel we've only got like six videos up there so it's like I know th that's small numbers for some people but for me that is huge no, like that's, that's massive <laughs> <laughs> it's also it's not just the numbers it's the enthusiasm for it yes You've got Definitely. such a loyal fan base for this project. Yeah. It's really exciting. I really, I really like it. that. That's what I love is when people have connected with the arrangement and they're, you know, they're feeling it and it's moving them. And I love reading the comments. Like it's, it's incredible. That's yeah. terrific. Um, speaking of videos and getting back to Sestra, um, yeah. kind of interested in yeah. the overall artistic vision that you have for this project. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of the release and those visuals were born out of the pandemic and the lockdown. Like I was I was going to release it and I, I was thinking 2020 would be the year, but those visuals uh, wouldn't have come about, I don't think. And I wouldn't have released it one song at a time with a visual for every song if the pandemic hadn't happened. The visuals for the album um, were I wanted to create. I mean, in an ideal world, I would have created music videos, but um, they they would you know, they take a long time. They're really expensive to do them really, really well. So I came up with the idea of doing these sort of like micro videos 
visuals, which would either be like a looped or moving image, or um, it, it would be like, you know, a, a sort of very short video clip that would maybe change in a few different ways. So I worked with a, a bunch of different um, sort of visual artists to create them. And I, yeah, I wanted it to have like a dystopian, futuristic, kind of magical otherworldly vibe. And I think that's, you know, how we, we did get there in the end. And I used like the sort of same... Uh, three people to create multiple visuals so there's a thread of similar look you know across the uh, across the whole album visual there's like a, a feeling that is the same and I, th I think yeah it, they kind of were happening I was making them as we were releasing them so it was a little bit whoa what's gonna happen next and I was you know the night before a song came out I was madly editing so it was it there wasn't like a a ton of thought like put into them for months and months beforehand it was very much like let's go with the moment and let's see what we create and I'm I think overall it turned out really well like I'm happy with like the whole package of you know the visuals I think they also they tie in with the songs um, in a way that makes me happy as well which yeah, is yeah really cool. yeah and 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 it seems to like I say support the artistic vision of Sestra it's really great stuff and I, I want to uh, encourage all of the Joy Sounds listeners to find this find these videos because they're really cool it's very striking Thank you. It's been such a pleasure to get a chance to to meet you. I'm so impressed. It's inspiring to see all these avenues that you've created for yourself. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, it's wicked to be able to talk about it all. Before you go, would love to hear another song off of Portal. And yeah. uh, this tune that you have uh, queued up for us is Aeon. And when I first heard it, I was immediately thinking that this is almost kind of like the next step for Nine Inch Nails. Very industrial. This is drawing from influences of your previous projects or continuing projects. So it's got that industrial sound to it, right? Yes, definitely. It feels like Lion Face kind of grew up because, you know, I bring in the orchestral into this sort of industrial world. But yeah, this song, it's named Aeon, inspired by the original Aeon Flux um, cartoon, which was this beautiful like kind of twisted dark bleak cartoon uh where the female character Aeon um is in this sort of horrible kind of emotional S&M relationship with a uh, a character called Trevor Goodchild and he's always trying to kill her but he also loves her and the song is uh, about um that kind of you know, crazy relationship that you can have with someone else where you're not really doing each other any good. Um, and that's, you know, that's that's what the song is about. And that's, you know, why I called it Aeon. But yeah, I like this one. I like, I like this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I think you captured the dysfunction of the relationship well, sonically. So it speaks as well. So this is fantastic. <laughs> Kat Marsh, it's such a pleasure to get a chance to talk with you and hear about Sestra and this record portal. Congratulations. I want to encourage everybody to, to go out and take a listen to it. But for us to wrap up this episode, this is Sestra with Aeon here on Joy Sounds.
and follow Joy Sounds wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow us on all social media platforms using the handle at Joy Sounds Music. Are you an artist who would like to be on the show? Visit the contact page of our website at joysoundsmusic.com for more information. Until next time, this is Joy Sounds, music you need to know.